0: Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit ThePorch.Live. Thank you for joining.
1: What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch, and I am joined with the one and only J.D. Rogers. Hey, everyone. And Mrs. Laura Eldridge.
0: Hey, y'all. What's
1: up, guys? How's everyone doing?
0: Doing Good. Great. It, it feels like fall again.
2: Yes. Yeah. Got
1: my hoodie on. It's 74 degrees in Dallas, Texas.
2: Yes. And uh, speaking of fall, yeah. let's talk about what fall does bring. It's it's kind of like everyone's hot topic of something about fall just makes everyone want to get near someone and mm. find their significant other. And, and fall in love. Uh-huh. And,
0: you got the fireplace vibes. You yeah, cuddle up on the cuddle couch, up,
2: But don't, you know, 100%. no spooning because yeah, yeah, you know yeah. don't want to awaken you know, whatever you say, David, all the time. Man, what uh, what do you want to talk about as it relates to falling in love? Well, I think I want to talk about, you know, right now we're doing a dating series, Matchmaker. Yeah, And this topic actually kind of came from, we we're doing that uh, every Wednesday. We've been doing the Porch Hotline. If you all haven't heard, every Wednesday from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, we go live on Instagram, and you can call in and ask... David, anything you want to know about singleness, dating, marriage, all the things. And uh, someone asked this week. Which has been pretty fun. Let me just say it that. It has been so fun. It's It's been one of my favorite things of the week. And people have asked, hey, why have you not posted the last one? I don't mm-hmm.
1: know if we said this. It just, we had technical problems. It yes. wasn't like we were not willing to. So the first one is we
2: will post the next one. We're planning at least. Yes, for sure. Uh, Instagram just had this word glitch on us. but
0: And it's only going to be through the Matchmaker series, right?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so make sure you get your your calls in and ask your questions because uh, time is running out, but someone on the hotline last week was talking about spiritual compatibility, which is kind of a weird word. And so first off, David, what what do you think that people even mean when they talk about spiritual compatibility? Oh, man, I don't know that I've ever heard that used before last week with that guy. Maybe am I like, is that a term people say? I understand I that people same. use it a lot, I don't but think explain so. what but he, you know, that guy was like dropping scripture yeah, like he was on his it. business. So like, that, we were talking to a pretty mature he, person. Yeah, but. he
1: was flexing. So <laughs> what he meant was, are we spiritually on the same page in terms of we share the same faith and we are spiritually in a similar season? How important is that? I think was this question. And then also, does any other type of compatibility matter beyond that one?
2: Mm-hmm. He was like cloaking it in the spiritual. And then I remember you being like, by the way, dude, like. Let's, let's also talk, are you talking about like physical and just chemistry and all those different things? So let's just, we've done a podcast. Um, yep. I think it's called like, Does Physical Attraction Matter or something like that? Yeah. you can go check out on on Past Views from the Porch. But just really quick, because I know the people that haven't heard that will be asking, hey, before we get to the deeper faith, um, Jesus stuff, like, is it, do you believe that physical attraction and chemistry with someone else matters when it's in terms of looking for your Future someone, I think it depends on who you ask, mm. right? Well, I'm asking you, buddy. you on the hot seat. <laughs> I mean,
1: I think you know. I think what you're basically saying is, hey, is that wrong to
2: value physical attraction? Right, and it. So I think in like, especially the dating app world. I'm not personally on a dating app, but what I have learn from people, right, is you you are just sitting there aimlessly swiping, and you're not even looking into a person really because until you find them hot enough, like. Picture, next, next, next. Oh, they're hot enough, and now I'll be interested in you, which oh, I think relays in real life as well. Um, we're, like, walking around, scanning a room, it's like, next, 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 ding, 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 ding. Hot enough, and then go pursue. It's hot or not. Uh-huh. It, it's swipe left, Is swipe right. Is that wrong?
1: Hot, not, hot, not, hot, not.
2: Um, I think it's
1: at least valuing the least important person. Sorry, the least important part of a person. So... Um, is this what we're talking about the whole time? No, no, no. I'm,
2: I'm ah. time boxing you. You have four more minutes to talk about this. So,
1: talk about physical attraction. How important is it? Yeah. Uh, okay. So biblically, it was funny. That there's there's examples clearly in scripture of men who thought that their wife was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob thought uh, Rachel was so beautiful. Poor Leah, man, that he married her sister. And then he spent seven more years serving his new father-in-law after marrying Leah. Leah? Leah. I think it's Leah, but... Leah in Star Wars. After marrying her, and that's just a crazy story in general, but he was so in love with the beauty of her sister, Rachel, that he spent seven more years. So there's instances in scripture where people were, were told were attractive or pretty. So there's at least examples, whether or not they're prescriptive, which means telling us that's how it should go for you. In fact, they're really not telling us how that should go for mm-hmm. you. No one would say you should accidentally marry a girl, find out you married the wrong one, and then spend seven more years serving her father to marry her sister. But um weird. Despite, I know, it's kind of a weird thing, but there are examples like that. Well, at the same time, the clearest instructions as it relates to beauty, we're told, is that it is something that is wrong to prioritize because it's a fleeting investment or it's a depreciating asset. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse one, it says that charm is deceptive or charisma can be manipulating or deceitful, but beauty is fleeting. Mm -hmm. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. In first Peter chapter three, verses three through five, it says that women are to be cloaked in an inner beauty that comes from the unfading gentle and beautiful, quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. This is how the holy women of the past used to put their hope in God and make themselves beautiful. That's what it says. So basically the times that it is referenced in scripture are either uh, describing the way that a husband looked at his wife and you could go, yeah, that's appropriate, whether or not it's necessary and how much value should you place on it. And the other times it's like, don't place as much value as what is on the inside, don't focus on the outside at the expense of the inside, which is mm-hmm. so huge and is so hard and is so detrimental because we live in a society where the primary way that people get married is they go through the process of dating. Dating involves evaluation and decision-making. Whether or not I want this relationship to progress forward involves mutual agreement with both sides. You know, It's not like an arranged marriage in old times where uh, the only thing that mattered was spiritual compatibility because be like, JD, all right, this is Sarah. I uh, mm-hmm. traded you for an ox and you know some goats for the dowry, and you guys are gonna have kids for the rest of your life. Arranged marriages uh, made it not as important. and today in the society where dating is the primary way that people end up getting married, it is a component, and I think we're fooling ourselves to deny the reality that for most people that exists. If it doesn't for you and you're uh, you want to move forward with somebody and you're a level of attraction, whatever that means is not important to you Man, move forward with that. But I think Mm -hmm. for most guys, the problem is not that it's there. It's that it's overemphasized because of pornography, past sexual experience, because of just Mm -hmm. the the whole marketing industry where you can't turn on the TV without seeing some guy with his shirt off ripped up or some girl walking in an angel, Victoria's secret runway, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, like it's so distorted. So my point is I would be careful to not overemphasize or over-prioritize. Whoever you marry, gravity is going to win out. In other words, we're all getting uglier every single day. And having a person of character, what's on the inside matters more on the outside. And um, you're fooling yourself. If you allow someone to be not mature on the inside, but just because of the way they look on the outside, you uh, you move forward with that
2: person. So that yeah. would be high level, but... but press in if,
1: if there's something. No, I would just say answering. speak
2: for yourself about getting ugly, uglier every day. I would say I'm on the glow up. <laughs> oh, dude. This guy. So, that, uh, that, you, I have you, been,
0: you have been losing weight, JD. Oh, stop on a- it. Wow. <laughs> oh, right. oh
2: my gosh. But okay. So we got that and it is now 125 our time right now recording. So we're going to the next thing. Thank you for answering that. So oh, yeah. let's talk about faith though and how um, that plays out in the person that you're looking for because I think a lot of times people make compromises and they they will lower spiritual standards um, and convince themselves, oh, this person is at this level. Yeah. And it's interesting to even talk about people's faith-like levels because saved or not saved or a Christian or not a Christian, like that's really what matters eternally. Like, sure, yeah. But... Does that is that all that matters in dating, if they're a Christian or not? You're saying, hey,
1: does spiritual does being on the same um, depth of spiritual
2: maturity matter? Can I put it yep in this a little more plainly, like a situation? Yeah. Um, if I have been a Christian for two years. And, you know, even it's kind of like worn off. I kind of like I'm in the day to day, like, yes, this is what I do now. I read my Bible every day. I pray. And then I meet this girl who's been a Christian for two months and she's on fire. She's telling everyone about Jesus. And she's like, man, this girl is awesome. Yeah. Does that mean even though it's been two months versus two years in the faith? Like,
1: is that okay? Yeah. I mean, your analogy is a weird one because you were like, hey, I've kind of gotten used to it and she's on fire. So uh, there's elements in that that may be realistic or in real life, but mm-hmm. almost with the same, I think your question's the same. If it was like, hey, I've been a Christian for the last five years. This girl has been a Christian for the last five days. We're both now Christian. Is it okay? Or does spiritually being on the exact same maturity or close in terms of spiritual maturity, how important is that? Is that fair? Yeah, and I can help them. We can do Bible studies together. Yeah, They can help me. I just would ask question like, "Why are you interested in this person? Like, why do you want to date them?" And typically, it's it is uh, it it often goes back to physically attractive. Yeah, she's a new believer, but dude, she's freaking hot. Mm-hmm. And um and I I just would not the Bible over and over cautions against prioritizing that. It doesn't dismiss it. It doesn't say it's not important. All the Book of Song of Solomon is an uncomfortable love song written to a written between a man and a woman where they just continually celebrate one another's body in a way that is, is so uncomfortable if you read it and you literally uh, understand what they're talking about with one another. So the Bible doesn't dismiss beauty. God created beauty. And, um, and it's not saying you should have, you should act like you're blind to beauty around you. You just shouldn't prioritize it above other things because it's a depreciating asset versus what is on the inside. Their character matters more so I think if they were five days, it's so situational. If it's five months or versus five years, I think the trajectory of their life is what matters. Like, are they, is the trajectory, and I would have a longer season of proven trajectory of spiritual growth taking place in maturity. It's just my opinion. You could make it work with somebody who's five days, as long as you're both committed to Jesus, and Jesus does something amazing in that and brings about an amazing marriage. But from a principle of like, man, what's wise... I would look at the ongoing trajectory of the growth and where they're headed, and where they've been, and how they're growing right now uh, to be a factor and in, in their growth. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: that's good. You mentioned the trajectory. Okay, I'm gonna go out a limb. And no offense to you guys, but I feel like more often the story is the girl is way more spiritually mature. She's Mm. been in her Bible. She's been doing all the things. And she's like, the reason I'm not a 10 right now is because I've been reading my Bible instead of starving myself. And now she's like, okay, this guy's coming along. He still is kind of scrubby. He's still, uh, you know, fill in the blanks. And he says he loves Jesus. So that's good enough, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is probably, you're probably right. There probably is a lot more of that taking place for sure. But again, I would go back to that. What is the trajectory that he's on? Like, is he, is he for the last 18 months, maybe he has a crazy story and, and um, he met Jesus eight months ago or 18 months ago and, and is taking all the right steps. He's plugged into a church. He's growing in his faith. He's studying God's word for himself And he is independently for no woman, for no woman or for no relationship, for no reason other than, man, I want to know God more. Is the trajectory of his life headed in the right trajectory? Because there's a lot of people who've been Christians and they've been in church their whole life. And the trajectory that they're on is like, they're a bitter, they're not, uh, they don't have an alive relationship with Christ. It's just kind of one component of their life rather than, man, Jesus is the Lord and Savior, director, king of my life. I want to follow him and I want to use every breath that I have for the rest of my life to make him as famous as possible, to honor him in the way that I act, date, everything that I do. You can be on very different trajectories despite being a 8-month old or an 8-month Christian and an 18-year Christian. So I would drive back to trajectory. But really, I'm kind of speaking in this is where dating is a new invention and you take biblical principles and there's a, a principle that it's been said, hey, a, um, a path is more important than a promise. So you can know that a path that someone has been on is a better determiner of the future mm. and the direction that they're gonna be on than a promise. Like if, I'm, uh, if I am walking towards the store right now and I'm, I'm headed in that direction, you would likely and logically conclude, you're walking to the store. But if I was walking the opposite direction, but I was like, I promise I'm going to the store you would say, I don't think you're actually going to end up at the store versus the person who's on that path. Does that that make sense? Yeah,
0: I'm just curious how you come up with those one-liners just on the spot. Did did you learn that at DTS?
1: I think that's (laughs) Charles Stanley or Andy Stanley. I, I'm probably butchering and they're like, do not apply that to me. There's yeah. no sort of thing. <laughs> back but, you, back um, to you.
0: You're talking about the path. It was beautiful. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I, I would I would make sure that the path and the direction of their life, that is more powerful than a promise that they're going to make that this is who I want to be someday. So I would evaluate because that's what dating is. It's a process. It's the interview. It's do I want to keep moving forward with this person? Do I want to um, take the next step, go on the next date? Do I want to get married to this person? And if you're going to make that wisely, I think you've got to be honest about what path is he on or what path is she on and what path are you on? Because a path of your life is going to determine the destination
2: that you end up with. Um, That's good. That's good that you say that. I think that last line. What path are you on? Would you? What would you say to the person who is five days in or five months in? And like we know, because we were there. Uh, you know, if you become a Christian at a later age, that is also simultaneously the age that you are looking to get married. Yeah. Should you put a halt on that? to focus on that relationship? Or can you do both at the same time? Um, like, would you encourage someone new to the faith to enter into a new dating relationship?
1: Yeah. I think first Corinthians chapter seven, when it talks about something we mentioned two weeks ago at the porch of the season of singleness that you have is an opportunity to promote appropriate behavior and secure undistracted devotion to the Lord. So if a new believer is, is going to step into a, a new relationship with a guy or with a girl in a way that distracts them from their devotion to the Lord to a solidifying devotion to the Lord to them like man I'm I'm really like I, I'm growing in my faith here and um and if they start to date you know Rob who goes to the porch and then they break up with Rob and then they associate their new relationship with God also with Rob and they're like well I'm out on Rob and I'm out on God and I'm out of here mm-hmm. that would be really detrimental so I would just make sure man your faith is Is strong enough to where uh, it could handle a dating relationship. And that's so nuanced, it's really hard to speak to. You know, the specific environment. If somebody was five days in, I probably would say, I think I'd focus on knowing God more, or I think I would grow in your faith, live in community, get around other people, and take those steps um, before I would get into a, a dating relationship. But yeah. What
0: if they believe different things? What if they've both been following Jesus for, I don't know, a couple years, long time, whatever. And one person is like, hey, I truly just don't think that um, you need the church. Or if one person's like, hey, I think women should teach on Sundays. And one person is like, I, I think that God would say that is not okay.
1: Yeah, or like Catholic, Protestant, or yes. baptism is necessary to be saved. There's a bunch of like theological, which is a big word for like Bible teachings where people could disagree and have different opinions on. I think, um, you know, we talk about it around here like there's concentric circles of things as in like there's a circle and then there's a circle outside of that circle surrounding it. And then there's even a bigger circle surrounding it.
0: Like a target.
1: Yeah, like a target. Exactly. And in the main, in the middle of that target, is really crucial things like these are non-negotiables and the very center. That is Jesus um, is God. The Trinity is real. God's word is, uh, or the Bible is God's word. Jesus is coming back someday. Jesus is the only way. He's the way the truth and life. It's John 14. There's some like, Hey, those are non-negotiables. If you're uh, you worship Jesus and he worships Buddha or you worship Jesus and she worships um, uh, Allah, those would be Tipping points where you should not date one another. Because mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. an equally yoke to use second Corinthians chapter six, fourteen. But outside of that would be um kind of grayer areas where we may we may have disagreements mm-hmm. on
0: Convictions, yeah, on different convictions
1: like. of of uh, hey, how often? I mean, just like, dude, Christians debate about stuff that that is not unimportant, but sometimes can seem silly. I think to the watching world, totally. yeah, where it's like, oh, this is how often you should have communion, or this is the only type of baptism that matters, and and submerging submerging in baptism matters. But these are the types of things that you should be doing, or this is the way you should dress, or this is the you shouldn't have. Uh, music instruments on the stage, some stuff that in my opinion is like, man, that is that I have no idea how you get that based and they pull it from Colossians chapter three, but it's not a good argument. All that to say, there could be some, some, um, periphery issues that would be less important as long as you have the main thing and the main thing for Catholics and Protestants. We should do a podcast on Catholics and Protestants. Yeah, I agree. Um, because I think that one becomes a lot more tricky for a lot of different reasons. So I would slow your roll and hit the brakes mm-hmm. between Catholics and Protestants. Um, and and really we should, let's do one at some point because we can go more into it because yeah. there's some like implications for how there are some significant theological differences as it relates to by grace alone, faith alone, God's word alone.
0: Salvation specifically.
1: In Christ alone. Yeah, like how someone's safe. So anyways, I don't know if that answered your question, but I would, uh, I'd make sure, man, we are aligned on the main things And you may be in the place where you're like, dude, I'm going to die on the hill of, they have to be a Calvinist who wants communion every single week. And I don't know that you should die on that hill, but a lot of people will. And it's like, dude, you do you. You're going to need a girl or else you're just going to, man, this is so funny. Dude, I can't believe I'm going (laughs) to tell this, but there was a girl that I dated in college and I feel like I was spiritually not mature enough to a point where she would have classified herself as Arminianist and I would have said I was more of a Calvinist. Both of those terms um, don't adequately and entirely capture what the Bible says about God's sovereignty and free will and all of that. But point being, we were like so entrenched in those camps every time we date, that's all we would talk about. And I would be like, no, you are so wrong. And we would debate about it. And at first it was fun and kind of like flirty. And then it was like, no, we really disagree here. This is going to be a problem for us. And it was, and we ended up breaking up because of it. But, um, (laughs) that's
0: actually a really good case study because i feel like that is the situation for some people where they're like hey no there are big things and and for me it has been where it's like hey uh, yeah yeah i'm like a strong woman if you are if you think biblically that women should straight up be quiet and um never cut their hair and be in the kitchen 24/7 i'm not the girl for you
1: does anyone think women should never cut their hair
0: yeah, I have. I have some, mm-hmm. I I some. had some friends growing up that they weren't allowed to cut their hair.
1: Man, I want to see how long their hair gets by the end of that. All right, <laughs> yeah, so that's big picture.
2: Yeah, I would say right now, I'm like, bro, I would not have an argument about our mini what and Cal the, <laughs> the, the who. You can Google it if map? you're interested. I think, though, what I would be asking myself right now is like, hey, with that essentials that David is talking about, do you even know how to define what you truly believe? Yeah, that's good. And if you don't, if you're like, man, I wouldn't even know how to assess if we agree on those same things and articulate, yeah. I would say just pause for a while and don't date personally. Yeah. I, as your friend, I'd be like, go figure that out because you really want to be able, you want to be able to articulate your faith and what you believe more than you can articulate anything else. Totally. And, and so like, I, how would you, for the person right now, like, okay, how? What would you say? How to articulate what they believe? Yeah. Like how to be able to like even assess that. I love that kind of where this is going, this conversation, but like talking about spiritual compatibility, like some people right now might even be like, I wouldn't even know how to actually gauge um, where they're at spiritually because I don't even know how to stay out loud. I know what I believe in my heart. Like I have faith. I know God's real. I don't even know how to say the right things or ask the right questions. How would you encourage that person to begin that pursuit? Of articulating what they believe or okay. dating somebody? And a, I think it's both. If you can articulate yeah. what you believe, yeah. you know what to ask and learn what they believe.
1: Yeah, I think you got to make sure that you know, hey, what do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about the Bible? What do you believe about uh, you know, eternal life, heaven and hell? What do you believe the purpose of life is? Hopefully you're in a, a local church where they have a doctrinal statement or they have something on their website or they have something in general that is like, man, here's what we believe to be a member. You need to, be, you need to agree to these things. So hopefully you have those. And then to some of those sideline issues, man, I would just, um, I don't think you have to have answers to where you stand on every theological issue of all time out there. So I would, I, I don't think you have to rush on those, but on some of the big ones, mm-hmm. I think you've got to rush and, uh, and you got to make sure that the person that you're dating, that you guys are on the same page as it relates to that. So that's why I love when people at the porch who are connected to Watermark or connected to the same church end up getting together and getting married because they have a like-minded, like, man, we share the same values because we share the same faith and we share the same beliefs, which mm-hmm. is essentially what your faith is. And what is on the inside is far more important than what is on the outside. And, um, and I would prioritize that for yourself and prioritize that for whoever you date. There's a story, um, I'll close, uh, I'll shut us down with this because I think we're almost yeah. out of time. Um, you know who Jamie Diamond is? Nope. Mm-hmm. Jamie Dimon is the CEO of Chase Bank. There was a woman who put out an ad. It's like a a famous story. It hadn't been confirmed, but it, like you can look it up. There's a woman who put out like a, on her website, hey, I'm looking. She's a single girl, lives in New York, really pretty. And she said, I'm looking for a husband that makes $500,000 or more a year. Like she's putting herself out there, hot, attractive girl from a worldly standpoint. She's saying, hey, I think that based on how I look and based on what I bring to the table, that a $500,000... Husband is what I earn, and I've dated some guys, and she literally includes. I dated some, but they only made like two fifty or you know uh, two seventy five, and I'm looking for somebody who makes this. This girl's genius. And, and Jamie Diamond writes back to it. Jamie Diamond is like billionaire, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, he writes back, and he says it's so genius. He says uh, essentially, hey, people who make over five hundred thousand dollars are too smart to marry you because mm. the only thing that you bring to the table is your external. Look or your looks, which is a depreciating asset versus what they bring to the table appreciates or grows in its worth over time. <laughs> the only thing you bring to the table gets less valuable over time. You know what I mean by appreciating, totally. depreciating yeah, like yeah, a car yeah. is Increasing depreciating yes. versus like a like she is getting older. You're yeah, gonna hey. be
0: you're either like a fine old wine or like a beer What's, that's exactly. going flat. He's
1: saying essentially what the scripture says. Not that you should have respond to someone like that, but he's saying essentially like, hey, you only bring a depreciating asset to the table with your external looks. And somebody who is you know successful enough to make that kind of money knows investments and they know what actually matters and they're not gonna bring to the table somebody who doesn't have anything but a depreciating asset. That is a very worldly response, but there's some truth that is in there for Christians of, man, make sure that the things that you are prioritizing are appreciating assets. Character gets more valuable over time, the Bible says. It is more valuable than fine jewels, the Proverbs say, versus a the way that somebody looks gets less valuable over time and is less important the more the time goes on. So make sure that you prioritize that above everything else, which is why being spiritually compatible, what's on the inside matters far more than what's on the outside. Boom. Just a reminder,
2: this Wednesday, Porch Hotline from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. So you can always come there and ask more burning dating questions. If we said anything today that triggered more questions, call us there and ask there. So wrap us up, David. Come on.
1: We will see you next week. As always, email us at info with, the with questions. We'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch.